is episode 329 of the Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Coda, the film that's getting a lot of festival buzz, and the Hugh Jackman starring film, Reminiscence. Which one's going to be good? Which one's going to be bad? Are they both going to be good? Are they both going to be bad? All that and more, this episode starts right now. And welcome to episode 329 of the Real Me and Colin the Movie Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. Uh, and thank you for joining us on this uh, episode. Before I begin, uh, if you guys could spread this around and show it some love and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. You guys are the best. You know, if there's someone out there that isn't a huge movie buff, you know, send this their way. Maybe they can discover something just from the way I talk about it, or, you know, maybe they can get jazzed up about something because I get jazzed up about movies all the time when I hear other people talk about it, um, whether it be you know, podcasts or YouTube shows. I just, I, I love that stuff. So, you know, maybe we can convince people that, hey, movies are awesome. <laughs> so uh, there is that. And then uh, the topic of conversation today will be, the first film will be Coda. Uh, this is the film that was bought up by Apple TV+. Plus. It was a festival darling earlier this year at Sundance. Uh, I remember, you know, the people that I follow online, I remember them seeing it, them loving it. And I was like, ooh, this this is going to be fascinating because if it's really good, it could be a humongous awards contender. So when I talk about it and everything, you know, maybe it has some possibilities uh, for for Oscars or Golden Globes, and we'll find out when I talk about it. But uh, and then the second film that I'm going to talk about is Reminiscence. This is the uh, next theater and HBO Max simultaneous release uh, from Warner Brothers, and this one stars Hugh Jackman, and it's from the creator of Westworld. Lisa Joy. Super excited to talk about that. I love me some Westworld. And of course, I love me some Hugh Jackman. Uh, that man is just a national treasure for sure. But before I get into all of those um, for the main topics of conversation, how are you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so it's midweek, uh, so almost close close to the weekend. So yeah, uh, I you know work is busy. I'm just living life, doing my thing, and it is busy. I'm tired all the time, but you know what? That's why I have coffee, green tea, and diet soda sometimes to keep me alive. Uh, it's probably too much caffeine, but um, sometimes it's need- <laughs> needed for those weeks, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, very busy week, but, uh, you know, we're, it's almost the end of August. It's getting close. It's Time is just flying, ladies and gentlemen, so I hope everyone's weak and all that from the last time we spoke, or I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I caught up on a lot of stuff this week. Uh, I'm going to be frank with you guys. The majority of things I've been watching this week uh, have been Jersey Shore. <laughs> it's one of those things to where um, when I come home from work, I just don't want to do anything. And so we've just been re-watching Jersey Shore, and it's just it's some of my favorite trash TV. It really is. I just have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we, we've watched a lot of it. Uh, I think we're up to season four now. And you're probably thinking, like, how many brain cells have died uh, in in my head in particular? Well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, if I ask, like, you know, like a scientist or something, I don't know. I, I don't know much about human anatomy. But I'm sure if you ask someone, I'm sure they're, like, the average uh, brain cell loss uh, per season of Jersey Shore is about, uh, I don't know like 20,000 or something like that. Like, I, I don't know numbers, maybe like 20 million. I don't know. It's probably a lot, but they, they were, you know, if you ask someone, it's probably like a bunch per season. So, um, yeah, I should probably take an IQ test. Like after everything is done and, uh, 
it's probably not going to fare well. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to that. But yes, uh, Jersey Shore has been our go-to this week to just kind of relax. You know, I don't really have to think about much. I'm tired from work. And hey, we just sit there and laugh about stupidity. Love it. Um, we watched the season finale to The White Lotus. You guys have been hearing me talk about that from time to time uh, for the past few weeks. Loved it. Loved the finale. They got renewed for a season two. It's going to be set in a different location. So I don't know if they're going to call it The White Lotus or something else. or Because um, if it's going to be like a different resort name, like obviously The White Lotus is referring to the resort that they're at in season one. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, if, you, if this is the first time you guys have heard me talk about it, the White Lotus is about a bunch of people at a, excuse me, a resort, and we just kind of follow them around. One is a family of, of four. Uh, one is a, a newlywed couple. We just kind of see them all interact with like, you know, themselves and their own separate groups, and then they cross paths at a certain point. We uh, focus on the uh, resort manager and everything. So, very fun, tension-filled uh, show that you just love to laugh at at certain points and then you were just tense as all hell <laughs> so uh, a really great show but the season finale was this past week and then we saw shang chi on tuesday and spoiler alert that will be the next podcast <laughs> um will be shang chi uh but i i have seen that at the time of this recording uh and what else did we catch up on I'm still trying to uh, pile through Atypical uh, season four. It's the final season, and then I will have to say goodbye to it uh, once and for all, and take it off my list of Netflix shows because I've always had it on there, and it would always alert me with new episodes. And it's gonna be really sad to kick it off the list. Um, but continuing that journey, I, I still love that show. And I think that's it in terms of television stuff. Oh, one of the other ones that uh, our friends recommended. Uh, Formula One uh, Drive to Survive. We watched the first episode of that. Um, it is a reality show. Well, documentary style uh, show to show the lives of Formula One race drivers. It, it, that first episode was so fascinating. I cannot wait to start it or like fully start it and like fully get engaged to it. We just wanted to watch the pilot to just see how it is. But there's like three seasons of it on Netflix. Uh, so if you're into Formula One racing, um, and the drivers and the crew and just everything that goes on uh, with the build-up to these races, during the race, everything, um, check it out. Uh, I, I would even just recommend it off of the first episode. So um, if you're into that stuff, go for it. Uh, but yes, we watched that, and I believe that is it. Yeah, pretty light week. We just, Like I said, we've just been watching a lot of the Jersey Shore and everything. Uh, super excited to start... Um, Nine Perfect Strangers, uh, the Hulu show that's done from the creator of like Big Little Lies and The Undoing. I love that type of drama as well, uh, scripted drama. So gonna gonna check that out here uh, soon. And I'm excited to go back to the movies. To be honest with you, uh, the Alamo Draft House. I am not sponsored by them, but my God, I wish I was. Uh, <laughs> they are my favorite um, theater chain by far, and. They just recently opened up, so I, I'm trying to book, you know, like a, a bunch of tickets for stuff that I may have missed. Like, I still want to see Free Guy. I still need to see Old. So there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I still need to catch up on with you guys. But I'm hoping, you know, I can find like a rhythm now that the theater is open. And, you know, I, I need to kind of sit down and see what I could do with Joel in the future and everything. So it's starting to look 
like it's going to go back to some type of normalcy, but with like the Delta variant and everything, my God, we might just be going back into lockdown again. And what a, what a journey that will be. But for, for right now, for the time being, it looks like, you know, things are starting to, you know, come, uh, come, come all together, you know, uh, to some type of co coherent structure, uh, for the show and everything. Cause I would like Joel back on, um, and I, I need to figure out, you know, what to do with like the internet connection and everything. Cause we're, we're not that far away from each other now since I moved. Um, I might just have to record it through a zoom call. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I am no engineer by any means. I've always just one man showed it this entire time. And it's when you're trying to engineer and host at the same time, it's, um, quite chaotic so yeah i'll figure that out and I'll, I'll try to get joel into the mix because now that we're about to get into the oscar season i would love to get his perspective on certain movies um and also the dallas film festival will be coming back this fall as well and i'm hoping he and i can do something with that too like we did uh, for the past couple years not a couple years but like you know the past couple times so yeah that's just been that has been what's been going on this week you know it's been crazy crazy um and then my uh uh, my wife's birthday is coming up and, um, I got her a gift and I don't think she can hear me cause I record this upstairs, right? I'm gonna let you guys know what I got her. And obviously there's people that listen to this, that know my wife, just keep this between us. But, um, I got her a cameo and, uh, she really likes the show, The Nanny, and I told you guys we've been we've been watching The Nanny and everything. I got her a cameo of one of the cast members uh, on there, and I think she's gonna really enjoy it. So, yeah, that came in um, earlier this week. I checked out the cameo, and I thought it was it was gold. It's just like because when you ask for like a simple request on cameo, you go, "Hey, this person it's their birthday or anniversary or whatever." Like, just have this message sent to them. And that's it. And usually, like, celebrities will just, like, do what is requested and be done with it. No, no, no. I get more than I asked for. And I was like, you were severely underpaid. <laughs> you should be charging people way more for your, your services. But anyways, there's a funny little story with, uh, like that. And, and, you know, once her, once her birthday happens and everything, I'll tell you, tell you guys who it was and what was said and everything in the cameo. But it, it, was, it was gold. Loved it. So yes, that was the week. Um, and of course, watch Coda to prepare for the episode. And then uh, Reminiscence as well uh, to prepare for the episode. So those were a couple things uh, else that we watched. But yeah, let's dive right into it. Let's not waste any more time. Are you guys ready to talk about some movies? Let's talk about the first one that's right off the, the top here, Coda. Uh, so when we come back from the break, I will start with Coda and I will... Uh, uh, dive into that more and uh, hopefully you guys will uh, check it out if uh, if my review convinces you so see you guys here in a bit and we are back from the first break and so let's talk about the first film coda like i said up at the top it was a festival darling earlier this year and it just picked up a lot of you know, positive buzz and people were talking about it. And so it seems like it's going to be a really heavy awards contender. So Apple TV Plus was like, well, let's scoop this up and see what happens. So you know what uh, they did? I saw it. And here we go. Let's break it down. And this one is about Ruby, who is a CODA, child of deaf adults. And she's the only hearing person in her deaf family. 
When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. So that is your plot right there. And going into this, I remember hearing the best type of festival buzz for this particular movie. Everyone loved this thing. And the people that I follow online, they loved it too. So I was like, okay, I'm tired of hearing about it. I just want to see this thing now. It seems like this is just a recipe for a great movie. Like it just seems like everything is coming together and this is going to be a a critical and audience darling. It is going to be a gem of a film and I cannot wait to see it. Just from just hearing all this positivity around it. And it also sounded like it was going to be a heavy awards contender. So that's also enticing. So I just I would at that at this point for you know, because I've been hearing about it for like eight months now. I was like, I need, I just need to see this thing. So of course, Apple TV Plus scooped it up, plopped it on there, saw it when it released. Wow, 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 wow! What a great movie! I have been emotionally fulfilled and rocked to my core through three films so far over the past month. I don't know what's happening. But they just keep coming, and they just keep knocking me on my butt. And I'm like, where are these great movies coming from? Because like, it just seems like there was nothing at the beginning of the year, and it's just like, bam, they just all happened at once. Like, The Green Knight, Nine Days, and now this one have, have, have done that to me. And now I think Coda is my favorite of the year. I thought Nine Days was. It is number two now. Coda is my favorite. This movie's incredible, guys. I, I don't even... Just please just stop this right now and just go see it. Um, it's just absolutely wonderful. It's, it just fills you with so much joy, so much optimism, so much just love and just, just warmth. Like, it's just... It's the type of film that when you get done watching it, you just... You put a smile on your face and you're like, how on earth could people hate this movie? I have no clue. All right, so let's break it down. So uh, it is written and directed by, I hopefully I'm pronouncing most of these names right. Um, you know, this is the problem with having your name Chase Lee. Pretty easy. And then you just go out into the world and you can't pronounce any other name wor worth anything. So, you know, I'm going to look like an idiot on camera, but here we go. Cyan uh, heater, cyan heater. Um, you know, hopefully that is correct. But I think what she did was really kind of just create the the perfect representation of like a, a family drama, uh, a comedy, and just a nice slice of life. And it, it is literally perfection. There's nothing wrong with this movie. It is just a masterclass at dealing with so many characters and balancing all these storylines, all this character growth, and really and taking all these different genres and wrapping it all into this nice little package. And it's just, it really is just, it's beautiful. The whole thing. Um, like I said, she does balance quite a lot of uh, genres. Uh, she bounces from comedy which is really, really funny. And then the dramatic stuff, which is really heartfelt. And it, it is a gut punch. 
and you just you feel for for everyone in this movie even some of the side characters that barely have any screen time just their performances are so in tune with one another and their their chemistry is just off the charts that it, it feels like you are watching this slice of life in this little town and everyone around it just giving the film just so much personality and just so uh so much just just light it just uh everyone is just on point with this so um yeah i I really thought she did a great job just kind of balancing everything and really making us care for these people right off the bat when we see the first scene with the family you immediately fall in love with them how is that possible we had not seen them all in this like in this movie before and you're like five minutes in and automatically you fall in love with them you're like i don't even care like if some of them have flaws i don't even care if some of them are like mean or rude it's like just their presence and just their just the way they carry themselves like you just you knew you knew right off the bat you were gonna love them and you do you love this family from the moment you see them but yes another thing that uh cyan did really well is just the the script in general and just really kind of just crafting uh excellent arcs and excellent scenes for every single one of these characters and the way ruby interacts with them whether it be solo ones with her dad or solo ones with her mom with uh, the people at her school with her friend just everything about it just seems so natural and authentic once again kind of going back to that slice of life feel um and really just kind of just feel like we're, we're just watching this little family in this small town um and, and yeah i thought some of the 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 hard-hitting scenes were really well done like i I, i'm i kid you not i hope this is up for a screenplay award in any way shape or form um it seems like it's adapted so maybe go into adapted screenplay for it um i I really think it deserves it and the third thing i would like to say uh about the director and, and writer of this film she really kind of brought uh, something to all of our attentions. And it's that not a lot of people know American Sign Language, ASL. And that's so true. When you're watching this and you see the frustration that this family has with everyone in their community because they just see them as as lesser than or, or freaks, as they are called, or um, they can't communicate with anyone because no one knows ASL, like, that's really sad and i think that's really great to see stuff like this and bring that to our attention because i was looking up um how how many people are hard of hearing and deaf in just this country alone it said something like 10 million people are hard of hearing and about 1 million are permanently deaf deaf and that's a lot of people and so you coming across anyone like that in your life you know there's a decent chance and the fact that some of us came and communicate with them i hate that and so as soon as i was done watching this i was like i need to learn this just in case something like this ever comes up um and uh also my wife said the same thing and she was like we're gonna teach our kids this like it's it's just it's useful to learn um but that is i think the most important thing is just the um the awareness 
of how little people know of ASL. And I'm so glad that um, she kind of brought that to the forefront and show the show the complications of like how someone that is deaf or like even a family that's deaf is is in this community where no one else is. And so how you how do you be a part of that community if they're not willing to like take you in and everything? And you know that's why Ruby is there to translate and everything. But it's just yeah the, the whole thing is just it, it's. It makes me like sad and just angry sometimes, but it's just like, it's like, what do you do? It's like, how do we fix this? It's like, I think people should pick up ASL for sure. So uh, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Okay, so the performances. Lights out, everyone does the best job that you could possibly do in a, a movie. Like that we're, we're talking like an 11 out of 10 type of thing. Amelia Jones plays Ruby. What a great lead to follow. She's very likable. Um, she's definitely a teenager. Uh, she definitely has a rebel type of attitude. But you can understand where she's coming from. You can understand why she doesn't want to translate for her family anymore. She wants to do her own thing. She has her own desires and her own career that she wants to like kind of go for. And if she fails, she fails. But like she wants to at least give it a chance. And you can you can feel that frustration, like you you know, like she's between a rock and a hard place, and so you feel for her. And I think that that's where that love for her just comes for her automatically. Her parents are amazing, uh, played by Troy Kotzer and Marley uh, Matlin. These two need to be in a supporting actor and supporting actress category for awards this season, both of them are i think the perfect representation of like what i think what what makes like good parents they're super goofy with one another they love each other to death they love their kids um and even when the serious moments come you're like okay how are they going to uh do this because all we've seen is just them kind of being goofy and kind of light and everything but they are still parents at heart and like they they still know how to communicate with their kids when they're feeling um bad or feeling sad or whatever they know how to comfort their children and there's two scenes in particular that got me and both of them involve her parents the truck scene with her dad was probably the one that killed me emotionally just watch it you know what i'm talking about but that's like the first time i i really felt like she genuinely connected with her dad on a deeper level. It got me. And the one with her mom, just, I don't think this is spoilers, but like her mom was saying like she was hoping that she would be deaf so she could communicate with her and not feel like um, she is, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Like she's not, uh, she was thinking uh, that her, she was hoping that her, her, her daughter would be deaf because if she wasn't, she didn't feel like she could connect with her. That also got me because I get, I, I would get that frustration. Like if I, if I was deaf, like in my kids could speak and everything, like how, how do you communicate with them? Like I, I get that. And so that really got me as well. So, and then, uh, her brother, uh, in the film, just like kind of a, a big loving, you know, goofball. Uh, they have a lot of fun with each other, um, and there, there's even a lot of stuff that he 
has a hard time dealing with and you feel for him too so once again you just like automatically just love them um and the brother uh, does a fantastic job as well uh daniel durant uh all the other uh characters all just really great accompanied characters for the story they just kind of lift everyone else up but i think the big one for sure eugenio derbez uh, he plays the the piano or the choir teacher he is like the perfect foil for like the mentor type of role the one that inspires ruby to do something bigger in her life and it's just a wonderful role for him because i've only seen him in comedies i've only seen him do slapstick stuff really cool to see him kind of strip back a little bit and like just kind of like be a little bit calmer and just just play a genuine just human that i like watching um because like i said i've only seen uh, i've only seen the the goofball stuff i've only seen like the slapsticky stuff like i said but like i said it, it was nice to kind of see him um just do something a, a, a little smaller and uh i am now a, a bigger fan of him now i appreciate him a lot more but yes uh uh, everyone and their performances does a really great job in balancing, like I said, that comedy and the drama. Um, and everyone's really funny. Their timing is impeccable. And the really just kind of like quieter scenes, the, the emotionally swelled scenes are, are just stunning, like emotionally. It's just, ugh. It's like, I'm thinking about stuff right now. It just gets me. Um... Yeah, um, I think uh, I think uh, I think my only flaw with it, wish it was longer. I wanted more of this family. Uh, they were just really fun to follow. Um, you know, for it being under two hours, it flew by just like that. Um, and I, I really I wanted to see more. I felt like this is the type of story and characters that I could follow for hours and never be bored of it, guys. This is a this is an experience. And I think just going into it, not knowing much, I think you will be emotionally wrecked like I was. I think you will want to understand ASL more. I think you will have your, your gears turning in your head to find out like which awards they should be nominated for. It's just this was that type of movie where you go out and you go, that's my favorite of the year so far. I don't know what else could beat it. I said the same thing about Nine Days, though, and something did beat it, but all these great movies back-to-back, -back, it's just, it's overwhelming <laughs> for sure. But uh, Coda is, is, is something that I think everyone will love, and it's going to be very, 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 very hard to hate it. So that is my review of Coda. Please check it out. It is on Apple TV Plus if you have that subscription. If not, take, take that login from someone. I think it's worth it. So... Um, yeah, let me know down below what you thought of Coda. When we come back from the break, I will be going over Reminiscence. Is this going to be another uh, theater and HBO Max release dud? Or is it going to be worth it to go see it in theater, stay at home, HBO Max, all of that? Here we go. Uh, we'll uh, talk about that after the break. <laughs> And welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, we just talked about Coda. Now let's jump into 
reminiscence. You know, when I first saw the trailer to this, I was super intrigued, also confused at the same time, but uh, I love the thought-provoking um, science fiction uh, storytelling method that Lisa Joy has, especially with Westworld. So her tackling this movie uh, and, of course, having Hugh Jackman in it, I was super excited. Even though the trailer and the marketing for it were kind of wonky, you couldn't really tell what it was about, I was still curious. So let's go and break this down and talk about Reminiscence. It is written and directed by Lisa Joy, and this one tells the story of Nick Bannister, played by Hugh Jackman. He is a private investigator of the mind, and he navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by a new client, May, played by Rebecca Ferguson. A simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears, and he fights to learn the truth about her. So that is your plot. Pretty straightforward, set in this complex, futuristic setting, so you got that going for it. Um, going into it, I was super excited. It is written and directed by Lisa Joy, like I said at the top, and she is the co-creator of Westworld. I love Westworld. Uh, I think uh, her and Jonathan Nolan, uh, it's actually her husband as well, they co-created the show together. They've done a fantastic job kind of navigating this story from season one to see where it's at now. It's, it's getting really intense, and I can't wait to see another season. I think it was canceled, but I think they're bringing it back. I, I've... They, they're not really clear about that, but um, if they do make that season four, I, I will be looking forward to it. But I love that show and its sensibilities of questioning life and, you know, uh, what it means to live and what it means to be human, what it means to be AI. And like, I, I, I don't know. I've always enjoyed it. I've never found a dull moment in the show. Uh, I, I've enjoyed it thus far. So seeing her kind of come on and direct a smaller budgeted uh, film really just taking the reins on it and just doing her her thing i was excited and of course hugh jackman i will see that man in anything and to be quite frank with you a lot of the stuff he is in if it's just okay or kind of bad he he gives his commitment like it, it is 110 percent bar none so uh he he never fails to disappoint even if i don't really care for the movie overall he always he just enjoys acting. I can tell you that right now. He just, he really gives it his all. So it's fine. Um, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. I also don't think it's as great as people are making it out to be. It's just, you know, if you said this film was at 50% of Rotten Tomatoes, I would believe it. Split all the critics down the middle because I have a feeling some people will like it. I have a feeling some people will be like me and just kind of neutral on it. And then some people will just be like, I didn't really care for that. So I can appreciate the good aspects about this to bring it up to kind of like that mid-level. But honestly, I, I don't want to watch this again. It's not something I want to revisit, uh, examine further, watch on a pure entertainment level. None of that. It was just kind of like, it was there. Okay, I saw it, and then I'm moving on with my life. But let's start with Lisa Joy, because she is the writer and director on this film. She She's the, the, the spearhead on this project, right? I think she is amazing at world building and creating a sense of atmosphere, setting, and really just making you feel like you are in this specific place and time. When you watch Westworld, like you will understand what I'm talking about. Like she captures that futuristic setting super well. And it's super well imagined, you know, from all the directors that come and, and bring her words on the page to life. So I, I think with this film, you know, having the city like halfway underwater and there are some parts of the city that are completely underwater like you know it's just a, t a ticking time bomb for the rest of the city 
and you even have like the rich on like this this high level of dry land and it's it's something that's completely plausible for our current society so you have that kind of like tension looming on in the background as this thing is taking place like you know the smaller little story happening within the city there is that sense of um just terror knowing that like the dams could break at any moment and the whole city would be washed out um and it's kind of sad when you think about it because you're like this could actually happen but having that and having like the film noir kind of feel to it with the voiceover and the, the mystery and you know solving this murder with this private investigator like all that is is fine like there's i don't think there's anything wrong with that i kind of wish they would have expanded it a little bit more explored a little bit more than just this simple little romance between hugh jackman and rebecca ferguson's character um you know showing that you can create like kind of a smaller film on a smaller budget like this that's super impressive i just for me personally i i didn't really find it as engaging um as the actors were making it out to be and as they were performing when the core of your film is a romance you need to make that romance work and you need to make sure the audiences care about like what is going on with these two people i did not find that connection whatsoever um hugh jackman and rebecca ferguson top notch they perform their asses off in this movie and they elevate this movie by a couple notches now I understand why Lisa Joy decided to make a romance as part of the 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 main storyline for, you know, this private investigator that can go inside the mind of clients and kind of recall memories. I get I get all that because at the very end, you know, it, it kind of wraps up and it's just like, you know, we as humans, like we really cherish the past and our memories and the people that come into our lives and that are super important to us and make a mark in our journey. And like, we want to remember those good moments and like, you know, the good people that came through our life, like we want to hold on to those precious memories even until the day we die. I get that. That's really sweet. That's really heartfelt. Just didn't work for me <laughs> in this, in this movie. Um, so yeah, I get why she did it. It's just, it's just not for me. Um, but uh, yeah, the performances are, are really well handled. Uh, you know, uh, Tandy Newton, um, she's she's fine. Uh, not really anything to write home about, but uh, it's it's mainly Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, everyone else. Uh, they they do their part. Um, the special effects are pretty good. Uh, I will give them that because if you are gonna going to create this gigantic kind of futuristic underwater, partially underwater world. It needs to look really cool. So I will give them that. It does look really awesome. And I wish this film could have sequels and we could go kind of deeper into maybe other cities, maybe use this technology um, somewhere else. Maybe it gets into the wrong hands. I don't know. There's so much more you could do with this. And I think cramming this ambitious film into two hours, I just don't think it's enough. I actually think this could be like a mini series or something. So HBO... I don't know, do your thing, like, you know, uh, take it, let Lisa Joy run with it, and expand this world, I, I would really appreciate that, um, that's, there's really nothing else to say, I mean, it's just kind of, for me, it's just kind of blah at the end of the day, but I can appreciate the people in front of the camera and behind the camera that made it, and I get why everything was made the way it was, just didn't really connect with me, 
uh, on, on an emotional level. I just kind of saw it as a movie that played from start to finish and didn't really affect me either way. So uh, let me know down below what you thought of Reminiscence. I, I'm very curious because a lot of people are kind of all over the place. There's a lot of people that really like it. I haven't heard anyone say they love it. People that really like it, people that hate it, people that are kind of down the middle. So I would like to know your kind of interpretation on it. But um, this doesn't deter me from watching anything that Lisa Joy ever wants to do. I think she's an incredible visionary, and I would love to see her tackle more kind of uh, science fiction, futuristic stories like this. If she's got more uh, written up in her bank somewhere, please uh, sell those drafts. Let's get those made. So that will do it for episode 329. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for joining me on the uh, epic conversation and journey I just took you on. Uh, hopefully, one of these movies uh, is something that could interest you and you will check out. Next week, yes, next week, I will drop the Shang-Chi episode. Um, I'm not going to drop it uh, the week it comes out on, uh, was it the 3rd or the 4th or whatever? I think it's the 3rd, but it, it comes out on the 2nd on Thursday night. Uh, I'm going to be very, very, very busy that weekend, and, uh, and especially that week leading up to it. It's my wife's uh, birthday party and everything, so I'm not going to be doing much um, that week that's like split, that's like half August and half September. Uh, that will be a, a null week for me, so you are going to get the Shane Chi episode next week, um, so get ready for that. I'm going to give it to you a whole week before it's even released, that way you can listen to it. I will have, you know, a non-spoiler section and a spoiler section. So you will be able to, uh, you know, listen to whatever you want to, pause it and come back to it. But uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be a massive episode. So I will have it for you next week. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, talk about the MCU and just what I think going forward with Phase 4. I think that would be an interesting discussion since Shang-Chi is the kind of uh, leaping off point for Phase 4 and post-Endgame. So Really excited for that episode, but thank you for joining me on this episode. Uh, like I said at the top, please spread this around, let people know uh, that you love this podcast, and maybe we can convince people to be uh, film buffs out there. You know, like, subscribe to the the podcast feed, all that good stuff. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for making this podcast worth doing. You you guys truly mean a lot to me. So this has been episode three hundred twenty nine of the Real Me and Colin Movie Podcast. I am Chase Lee, and I will see you guys next week for Shang Chi. And the uh, next step in phase four of the MCU, going to be a fun one. See you guys next week.